At American Public University, we believe that higher education can unlock higher purpose. So we offer 200 modern programs for those who want to make a difference. And we believe education must adapt to students' needs. That's why we've made it accessible through online classes and flexible with monthly program starts. American Public University, within reach, without limits. Learn more at AmericanPublicU.com. This episode of Not Sam Wrestling is brought to you by Morgan & Morgan. Don't tap out to an insurance company after a car crash. Tag in Morgan & Morgan. Morgan & Morgan has put so much money in the bank for its clients, and hiring them is 100% free unless you win. If you get squashed, visit forthepeople.com forward slash Not Sam for a free case review now. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Man, my headphones are acting wonky right now. I'm distracted. Welcome, welcome. We're here. Well, we're not here here, but we're just about here. Just about Survivor Series weekend. It's an exciting time. There's been a lot of buildup. There's so much bass in my left ear. I'm, I'm just telling you, there's no producer to tell. It's just me and you right now, folks. A lot of buildup as we head towards the Thanksgiving tradition. I hope you guys listened to Monday's show. It was me and Hot Dog watching Survivor Series 91. That was back when Survivor Series actually was the Thanksgiving tradition. 91 was the first year. It wasn't actually on Thanksgiving night. It was on Thanksgiving Eve. Although I really wouldn't mind, man. I, I think that that was like an old school wrestling thing that they used to run shows and whatnot on Thanksgiving and on holidays. Because the idea was that you'd see your family, you know, during the, during the day or even in the late afternoon and then have nothing to do at night. So why not uh, watch a wrestling show? Wouldn't that make you feel better knowing that, like, you're suffering through whatever you have to suffer through with your family at the Thanksgiving dinner table, knowing that there's a big wrestling show as soon as you get done? I would be rushing out of the house. All right, thanks for the turkey. Gotta go. Go home. Getting into my chalk line macho man madness pants. Turn on a wrestling show. I think it'd be great. I think it's something worth revisiting, but... We're basically getting it. We're close. It's the weekend before Thanksgiving here in the States. It's Survivor Series weekend. And I figured today we'll basically preview War Games and Survivor Series. And within that, kind of uh, uh, talk about all the big stories that are happening around us in the wrestling world right now. I'm going to get to a bunch of your emails that are sent in to notsamwrestling at gmail.com. That's the email address, notsamwrestling at gmail.com, as well as the questions, comments, and concerns raised at patreon.com slash notsamwrestling, as always. So strap in. Um, I think that this has been uh, a very successful build to both to, to Survivor Series weekend. It's been a very successful build to both Survivor Series and to NXT War Games, uh, TakeOver War Games. And I would say that that's we usually don't talk about ratings here on the show because uh, I don't know anything about it. I don't know about numbers. I don't know about breaking things down into segments. I don't know about ticket sales. It's not a numbers podcast. It's a wrestling podcast. So that's where we focus our time on. Um, but it is worth noting that NXT won the uh, Monday Night War or the Wednesday Night Wars uh, for the first time uh, in ever. For the first time since they've been head-to-head with AEW, NXT won this week. Which, of course, you know, NXT was a loaded, loaded show. But it was a loaded show for the sake of what was going on in the storytelling in WWE. Uh, So I think that that is ultimately a compliment to everything that is going on with the storytelling right now. You know, I I think that people have been out there uh, saying that, well, I don't think brand supremacy is, uh, I think they got to raise the stakes. You know, they were talking, Ember Moon was talking about it on Backstage and, Becky Lynch has brought it up in her interviews, and Corey Graves was saying it on on his podcast. You know, I don't I don't think that uh, 
the bragging rights for your brand. Nobody cares what brand they're on. I don't think that's true. I think people care where they work, especially when they choose to work there. It's one thing if you have an office job that you just have because you have to be there. But when you're performing for a living, you should care about it. If you're on a TV show, if you're on a podcast, if you're on a radio show, if you're on any of that stuff, you should take pride in the place that you work. Um, And I think if we, number one, I think, as I've said, I think before on the podcast that Survivor Series was all about, you know, teams of five fighting each other. No real reason. No setup for why is team warfare happening right now. It's just, this is what we're doing. So... It made it feel special. You know, the salesmanship of Survivor Series made it so we really looked forward to the fact that this show was coming on. You know, we, we Survivor Series every year was this tradition from, you know, the mid-80s until 1991. That was pretty much all that Survivor Series was. I think that brand warfare brings it back to that. Brand warfare is, well, this is the one time of the year that this happens, and that's what makes Survivor Series special. I think that's enough in and of itself. Furthermore, I think that uh, any superstar that doesn't think that fighting for your brand is enough of a reason to fight is comes across as complacent and comes across as not very prideful. You know, I think that when you look at the landscape in 2019 of what WWE looks like in terms of their brands, now more than ever, bar none, barring any period of time, you have NXT that's always had a chip on their shoulder. NXT that's got fans that chant NXT, NXT that's invaded SmackDown, NXT that's invaded Raw, NXT that has gone out of their way in interviews, every superstar to explain that they are not developmental, that you don't get called up, you get called over, that they are the main roster, and that's got a roster full of superstars that give credit to the brand NXT whenever they talk. So clearly with NXT, you've got not only brand loyalty, but you've got a brand that uh, the superstars want to fight for to prove that they are equal to, if not better than Raw and SmackDown. Every TakeOver, one of the narratives of TakeOver is let's steal the weekend from the quote-unquote main roster from Raw and SmackDown. So you've got a reason for being with NXT. As far as Raw and SmackDown go... In their battle with NXT, both brands want to prove that they are dominant over NXT because NXT is nipping at their heels and 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 giving them a reason to say, hey, you need to respect us. Um, and as far as Raw and SmackDown not liking each other, that too has been given uh, a, a reason for being. And maybe we haven't explored this story enough, but let's be honest. For the first time since Raw came out in 1993, January of 1993, Raw debuted as the benchmark show of WWE. For the first time since that debut happened, Raw being the premier show of WWE is in question. I don't even think it's in question anymore. You watch SmackDown, SmackDown is clearly the number one show in WWE. SmackDown is the show that WWE is putting energy into. SmackDown is the show that uh, that they are uh, uh, wanting the mainstream to see as the representative of WWE. Roman Reigns is the biggest star in WWE. He goes to SmackDown. Corey Graves and Michael Cole are the most seasoned announcers in WWE. They go to SmackDown. Brock Lesnar was on SmackDown. The Fiend becomes the most sensational act in WWE, goes to SmackDown, you know? Uh, pyro, the graphics, the way it's shot, everything about NXT, scre- I, I'm sorry, everything about SmackDown screams detail, okay? And then not only screams detail, but it screams, this is where the focus is. That used to be Raw, and it isn't anymore. If I'm a Raw superstar... I want to prove that Raw is still and still deserves to be the A show. If there's, I mean, don't tell the original SmackDown crew. Don't tell Edge and Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero and Kurt Angle and all the people that made SmackDown into a must-watch show when the brand split first happened. You couldn't tell them that the brands didn't matter. They took pride in making SmackDown must-watch television. Well, for the first time ever... Raw's got to prove that now. Raw can't take for granted that they're the number one show. SmackDown has come and taken that from them. SmackDown's got to maintain it. 
Raw's got to fight them on it. And there you have it. There you have a reason why all three brands themselves are competing for supremacy. And if you're wrestling on one of those brands, I get the draft split happens. It just happened a month ago. But man, I don't want people running around going like, oh yeah, that's Sam. He wrestles on the second best WWE show. I don't want people saying that. I want people saying I wrestle on the best WWE show. We can have as much infighting as we have going on on Raw. I want people to know it's better than SmackDown. And you can say whatever you want. SmackDown's just getting attention because it's on network TV. SmackDown's just getting attention because it's got these corporate deals and it's making the company all this money. It's not actually better. Okay, well, if I'm on SmackDown, I want to prove the reason that SmackDown is getting all this attention is because it's the better brand. Better than NXT, better than Raw. It should have been the number one brand from the beginning because I'm on it. So there is reason. Number one, it makes Survivor Series into something special, something different, an attraction, a novelty. Number two, all three brands have reasons to dislike each other, really for the first time. So, you know, I think that, uh, I think that there is something to be said for what's going on uh, with the battle for brand suprem- supremacy this weekend. NXT has done a great job of having to promote not one but two shows. NXT has had to promote the fact that uh, uh, the fact that War Games and and Survivor Series is happening involving NXT. Raw and SmackDown putting all their effort into Survivor Series. The NXT show has had to say, look, we also, you know, uh, uh, War Games is going on too. And that's a very difficult thing to do. And I think NXT has done a really good job of making people interested in both shows and making people feel like the superstars are invested in both shows. Let's talk about what's going on this weekend. Uh, Let's talk about what's happening at uh, War Games. NXT TakeOver War Games. Uh, Of course, it goes down Saturday night. I'll be there for the pre-show. I can't wait for it. Four matches announced so far for War Games. Four matches announced. Uh, The first... A triple threat match to determine who will be the number one contender for the NXT Championship and uh, who will get the opportunity for that title at Survivor Series. So whoever wins this triple threat match match gets to go on to Survivor Series and face Adam Cole for the championship at that pay-per-view. It's Pete Dunne versus Killian Dane versus Damian Priest. I will say I believe that the, uh, uh, the rewards for winning this match, the stipulation for this match is the biggest possibly in the history of NXT. There has never been an NXT World Championship match that has been put on this level. The NXT Championship has never been on display for this many people. Ever. So, uh, I think that uh, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that the ramifications for this are simply as high as it gets. Uh, I, I, I'm, I, you look at, at who's in the match, and I think that the first thing you think is, well, okay, Pete Dunne is kind of the obvious choice, right? Pete Dunne is the one that you're going to go with because we know there's going to be a great match. Uh, he's had Pete Dunne and Adam Cole, out of those guys, are the ones that have the experience uh, wrestling in all circumstances. Obviously, Adam Cole doesn't need to prove himself. He's been all around the world, uh, and he just had uh, showstoppers with Daniel Bryan on SmackDown, Seth Rollins on Raw, wrestling on NXT. You know, so I don't think he's headline takeovers. Adam Cole is not exactly an unknown. And Pete Dunne, out of those three, is the least unknown. I think Pete Dunne is the obvious one when you look at it and say, well, yeah, you're guaranteed a home run if Pete Dunne and Adam Cole go on to Survivor Series and have an NXT championship match. But is it the best decision? I think if you have that triple threat match and you have somebody who's not Pete Dunne win, you shock the world. You certainly shock the system. I think uh, out of everybody that's been on NXT, I feel like when you talk about people who wrestled before they got to NXT, evolving and becoming superstars. When you talk about people who have jumped on NXT TV in the last two months that it's been on the air, 
and taking advantage of every single opportunity they have to make people talk about them. You're talking about Damian Priest, the archer of infamy. I don't know what it means to be the archer of infamy. I don't know if the arrows are infamous and he shoots you with an arrow and then you become infamous. I don't know if he becomes infamous because he keeps shooting people with a bow and arrow, even though that's, you know, illegal, I think, in most places. I don't know what archer of infamy means. What I do know is that every time I see him, and I was a fan of Punishment Martinez in Ring of Honor, but this is 10 levels advanced from Punishment Martinez. Damian Priest has come all the way since Ring of Honor. I don't know what they taught him in between him being at Ring of Honor and him being on NXT TV because he was at the Performance Center for months before he made his NXT TV debut. And I think he wrestled like one kind of enhancement talent match when he first got there and then went away for a while. He comes back and it's like, here we go. LFG, baby. Not only do I think Damian Priest should win that triple threat match, shock the world, and let everybody know, hey, here's Damian Priest. I think that's valuable for two reasons. Number one, surprises everybody at TakeOver. Nobody sees it coming. Number two, it'll let everybody know uh, this is what NXT has. You know, that, that NXT, as good as the roster is, we just keep cycling in more and more, newer and newer and newer. You know, I think that's that's super important. And I think that that's what you're going to see um, if you have a guy like Damian Archer winning that, that oh my God, like we already had Pete Dunne. We already had Adam Cole. Now we've got this. You know, we've got more meat in the main event scene. And I think you should really go all the way, okay? I think... If Adam Cole and Damian Archer have a great match at Survivor Series, it's going to make a lot of people talk. It's going to make some people tune into NXT. I think if Damian Archer goes to Survivor Series, I think if Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era win the War Games match, Adam Cole goes on to Survivor Series and he loses the NXT Championship to Damian Archer, I think if the world knows that Damian Archer is the NXT Champion, going into next Wednesday night show, I think the whole world is tuning in. And I am fully on board with watching a story of Adam Cole trying to win his title back as we head to the next takeover. I think from Sunday night Survivor Series until the next takeover, Damian Archer should be your NXT champion. And I think Adam Cole should get his next opportunity at the next takeover. Look, it does position Adam Cole as a good guy, not a bad guy. But at the end of the day, the Undisputed Era are not bad guys. They're not heels. They get cheered everywhere they go. They got action figures. They got shirts. Chalkline's putting out an Undisputed Era tracksuit. They got hand gestures. Everybody loves the Undisputed Era. Adam Cole is the face of NXT. He does all the media for NXT. So, you know, I think we can not, we can get over this idea that Adam Cole is a heel and can't be doing stuff like that. I don't think that's even true. So that's the way I would do it. I would have Damian Archer be the spoiler, win the match, go on to Survivor Series and shock the world and win the NXT championship. And then hold it at least until next takeover. See how stuff goes on NXT TV for the next couple months. Uh, and, you know, even if... Adam Cole wins the title back. You still got Damian Archer, who now is cemented into the main event scene of NXT. I love these pay-per-view preview shows. There's nothing like seeing these pay-per-views in person, though. And I know it can be tough to see these pay-per-views in person. It can be tough to see anything in person because buying tickets online has become so complicated. You never know if you're getting a good deal. You never know where to get them. There's millions, millions of tickets out there. Imagine if I told you they were all in one place, from sports to live music, comedy, and more. SeatGeek, that's where all of the tickets you're looking for end up in one place. They're a great and loyal sponsor to this here show. SeatGeek rates every deal on a scale of 1 to 10. You know exactly when you're getting the best deal and when you're paying a pretty penny for what it is that you want to see. It also puts them on an interactive seat map. Green dots are good deals. Red dots are overpriced. You know exactly where you're sitting. You know everything. 
I got the app on my phone. It's so cool. It tells you everything that's playing around you. It tells you if you look up something specific that you want to see, it tells you where it's playing. So even if it's not around you, if you wanted to jump on a plane and go someplace else, you can look up those tickets too. You can look up everything you need and find out exactly what's available and exactly where you're going to be. You could plan your night. There's no showing up at the arena, at the stadium, at the club, wherever you're going, and and getting those nasty surprises. You can have a vision of everything that your event is going to be in your head, and it comes true, like magic. It's so easy to use. I have it on my phone. I have it on my phone. Just download the app. It's free. Just look it up. Everything you need, it's right there. It's no wonder to me why SeatGeek has over 50,000 five-star reviews. Look, every purchase is fully guaranteed. You can shop with confidence. You're not going to show up to the arena and they're going to send you home because you got some bootleg tickets. No bootleg tickets at SeatGeek. All good stuff. SeatGeek's even going to give you $10 off your first purchase. That's right. The first time you get tickets off SeatGeek, you can get $10 off if you use our promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code SAM, S-A-M, for $10 off your first purchase. That's promo code SAM, for $10 off your first purchase. Also, uh, at War Games, you've got Matt Riddle versus Finn Balor, which, you know, bring your kids, bring your wife. This is going to bring down the house. This is a different Finn Balor. This is not the guy that I've made fun of on kickoff shows for the last six months. This is the real Finn Balor. This is the Finn Balor. Finn Balor has found himself. And by found himself, I mean he's gotten away from everybody that's been telling him to wear bright colors, smile, and be a different guy. He's actually being himself now, and he's being the guy that we all wanted to see. And I'm sure I'm going to say the same thing at the NXT TakeOver pre-show. He's finally the guy that we all wanted to see come to NXT, come to the WWE. And he's got Matt Riddle, who Matt Riddle's great, but he ain't beating Finn Balor right now. Finn Balor is winning this match against Matt Riddle. You know, Matt Riddle, is he's great. But... He's cool either way, I think. Finn Balor has something to prove. Finn Balor wants the world to know that the guy that you saw that was only winning half the time, that needed paint to win any big matches, the guy that was wrestling on Raw and SmackDown is gone. And this is a new Finn Balor. That's what we need to see at uh, War Games. And I think that's what we will see. And I think he'll beat uh, Matt Riddle. Uh, Then you've got your two War Games matches. That's it. Just four matches announced. Personally... Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to the women's war games match. I think that's going to be uh, the best of the two war games matches. And I would have been fine if you had just had a women's war games match and you would spread out the rest of the roster and the undisputed era was there defending their titles. I would have been absolutely fine with that. I'm also fine with there being two war games matches. Totally, I think one will open the show, one will close the show. Um, you got Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, and Mia Yim. Versus Shayna Baszler, Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, and Kaylee Ray. Now, I think this is very, very interesting because I think most people thought when NXT, and they did a really good job showcasing their entire women's roster. They had Io Shirai and Bianca Belair and Candice LeRae and Rhea Ripley all arguing over who should be the number one contender. Meanwhile, Tegan Knox, made a big deal was made about her coming back. Meanwhile, her tag team partner, Dakota Kai, is not being showcased on SmackDown, is not being picked to be in the, in the, in, the, in this match. You know, Candice LeRae uh, made a big splash by uh, getting a, a, a opportunity at the NXT Women's Championship uh, the first time NXT went head-to-head with uh, AEW uh, on USA. All over the place. I think that most people thought when this War Games match was announced that Shayna Baszler would be on a team with the other two horsewomen of MMA, that Shayna Baszler, Maria Shafir, Marina Shafir, and uh, Jessamyn Duke would be on the team. I originally thought it would be three on three on three, and then it would be those three against Bianca Belair, Io Shirai, and somebody else against Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae, and somebody else. Dakota Kai, I probably thought at the time. Uh, they decided to go in the opposite direction. It's four on four. And they've actually taken uh, the the villains, the heels, that were going after the women's championship and joined them up with Shayna Baszler. So it's Shayna Baszler, Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, and then 
NXT UK Women's Champion Kaylee Ray on on Team Shayna, which I think is a really interesting choice. I think that it definitely adds to the conversation of what's going to happen in that match. Um, you know, Shayna Baszler is looking at Io Shirai and Bianca Belair. Io Shirai and Bianca Belair are. They invested in winning that match for their team? Or are they far more focused on figuring out a way to become the NXT Women's Champion? Does it benefit them to prove to be strong teammates to Shayna Baszler to um, start to build their way towards a, a championship opportunity? Or would they be better off turning on Shayna Baszler, getting under her skin, giving the, her a reason to want to defend the title against him. I don't know, but if I'm Shayna Baszler, I'm watching my back. Same with Kaylee Ray. Is she happy being the NXT UK Women's Champion? Or does she want to add the NXT Women's Championship to her other shoulder? Meanwhile, Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, and Mia Yim. Um, I think Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, and Mia Yim have succumbed to the idea that Rhea Ripley is the team captain, that Rhea Ripley is the person that everybody's looking at as getting the next opportunity at Shayna Baszler's championship. But I think clearly Dakota Kai is going to play a part in this match. And I'm looking forward to it. I love the little build that's going on with Dakota Kai. Um, uh, you know, the, the uh, Shayna Baszler calling her a waste of a pick. Clearly verbiage borrowed from the last professional broadcaster. I said that back in January about a certain person who's in this uh, War Games match. And I was public enemy number one. But it worked. Shayna Baszler using a little bit of my words. That's fine. That's fine. Congratulations to Shayna Baszler on that. Um, but, yeah, Dakota Kai is the one to watch. I think that Dakota Kai is going to probably be involved in this somehow and prove to them that not only is she not a waste of a pick, but they humiliated her. You know, they humiliated her on television by just, you know, Rhea Ripley saying, sorry, Dakota, you're out of here. On television. Okay, no problem, guys. You know, Tegan Knox shows up on TV on SmackDown and she tags with Rhea Ripley. Tegan Knox's tag team partner is Dakota Kai. I wouldn't trust Tegan Knox. Either way, stuff is going to happen in this match and I'm going to be very, very interested in it. I think you'll probably come out of this War Games match with the seeds of two, if not three, new stories in the women's division to tell. And that's what I've always been a fan of. That's what I've always advocated for. That... If you want to talk about a women's evolution, you want to talk about women's this, women's that, um, you know, I, I think that that CM Punk is right, what he said on backstage, which he did great on backstage, by the way, um, that it's not about the women's evolution as much as it is just about giving the women an opportunity to shine. And I think NXT does that more than, w, more than Raw or SmackDown. You know, on NXT, they're not pushing the fact that they have the best women on the planet. They just happen to have the best women on the planet. Um, and I've always thought that the key to, uh, women's storylines being taken to where they go is they have to exist. There has to be a reason these women are fighting beyond a championship. Having multiple storylines going on at the same time within the women's division is where we should be. And it's where NXT usually is and will be, I think, after war games. The other war games match, Undisputed Era, Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong, uh, the night before... They all have giant matches at Survivor Series. They go four-on-four four with Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic, and uh, a third, a fourth partner. Obviously, that was supposed to be Matt Riddle originally, and that was changed when Matt Riddle subbed out. Johnny Gargano got injured. Matt Riddle pulled out of the War Games match to go one-on-one -on -one with Finn Balor. I don't even mind it because uh, the thing about NXT is that's why they keep their roster the way it is. Takeover specials are not done every month, so we have a lot of time in between them, limited amount of matches on these takeover specials, and we know that at some point Gargano will be back, and we will still see that Finn Balor-Gargano match that we want to see. So I think it's all good. Um, Triple H, in a media phone call this week, he said that we will not find out who the fourth man on Team Ciampa is until the day of War Games, uh, and he said it will be epic. That has led to a lot of people speculating. Uh, I think Shawn Michaels is at the top of a lot of people's list. But also on that media call, Triple H was asked about wrestling on the side of NXT, specifically at Survivor Series. And Triple H said he would he didn't want to do that. 
Triple H said that uh, that NXT is about uh, the young talent. NXT is about uh, the the future of the business and not about him wrestling. Uh, so I feel like the the reasons that he doesn't see himself wrestling would be the same reasons why Shawn Michaels wouldn't be on the team either. I think it would be amazing if Shawn Michaels were in a war game match in 2019. Uh, but if NXT is about the future and about uh, today, not yesterday. Uh, I don't see Shawn Michaels participating in that match. Uh, I think the Velveteen Dream is a possibility. Who knows, you know, what the status of his injury is if he's healthy. I think that people would lose their minds to see the Velveteen Dream. Um, I think the one uh, NXT loyalist that wasn't on NXT this week, or the one NXT graduate, I should say, that wasn't on NXT this week is somebody to look at too, and that's Kevin Owens. Uh, I think it would be really interesting to see Kevin Owens in this match, especially because the next night he's got to go to uh, Survivor Series, be on Team Raw, and Team Raw is sitting there asking him, whose side are you on, really? And that's real. That's what you want. That's a, a whole part of this brand warfare thing. So um, I think that, that Kevin Owens is, is a pick. But there's a lot of picks, you know. I, I, it could be Seth Rollins. I think that could be interesting, you know. If, if, if Seth Rollins is like, I'm here for a night, and who knows? You know, Seth Rollins, everything's been going on with Seth Rollins lately. He could use something. Um, There's a lot of possibilities. There's some people saying Samoa Joe. I feel like, I think he's injured. So, you know, I don't think it would be Samoa Joe. Um, You know, who knows? It could be a lot of people. I, I try not to predict too much because I'd rather be surprised anyway. But if I had to put money on anybody... I wouldn't put all my money on anybody because I'm not too sure. But probably Kevin Owens is probably who I would put my money on. That doesn't mean probably he's going to be the one that shows up. It just means if I had to put my money on somebody, it would be Kevin Owens. Now, Survivor Series is, of course, Sunday night, the night after uh, War Games takeover. Both those shows in Chicago. It's led the world to ask, will CM Punk be there? I talked about it a little bit last week. Um, You know... CM Punk being at Survivor Series or not, uh, it's the same thing as Kevin Owens. If I had to put money on it, I would, I guess I would say yes, but it would be a very little amount of money. Actually, it would probably be no. I don't, my gut tells me CM Punk will not be at Survivor Series. Even though it's in Chicago, I think we're still going to maintain the facade that CM Punk is not going to wrestle for a little while longer. I don't think he'll be a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble either. I think that's too predictable. Also, I don't, you know, I think CM Punk winning the Royal Rumble and going on, like, I just think that that's too obvious. Um, I think he'll be back for WrestleMania. I think he'll have his match at WrestleMania, hopefully against Roman Reigns, but I don't think it'll be a Royal Rumble thing. I think the story will be better than that. Uh, So, yeah, even though it's in Chicago, I would say probably not, but it's still a pretty good possibility that he will. You know, it could go either way. I would say probably... 58% 58% sure that he won't be there. But there's a 42% chance that he will. And that's not bad odds, you know? It's certainly not odds enough. If I said there's a 58% chance that it's going to snow tomorrow, you still better do your homework because it probably won't be a snow day. You know what I mean? <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but let's talk about Survivor Series uh, as a whole. Um, I, I Like I said, I think the build for... Uh, uh, brand supremacy has actually been good. And I think there are a lot of people that are critical of it, but I'm not. And, you know, I mean, ratings are going up. TV's been good. The product's been good. So I don't I don't know what the issue of it would be. Let's talk about the championship match first before we get into the brand warfare. Uh, the uh, top titles on each show are being defended within the brands, within storylines. You've got, of course, as I said, Adam Cole versus the winner of the triple threat match at TakeOver. I think that that should be uh, uh, the Archer of Infamy. And I think that uh, the Archer should win the NXT Championship at Survivor Series. You know, shock the world. Why not? Turn everybody on their heads. You got the Fiend Bray Wyatt versus Daniel Bryan. Um, I think that this is going to be an amazing match. I think that Daniel Bryan is a perfect opponent for the Fiend. I think that a lot of that is because Daniel Bryan is not a confirmed heel or babyface. And he can continue to not be a confirmed heel or babyface in a match with The Fiend because The Fiend is not a real heel. I was on Wade Keller's podcast this week, and you can look that up, and I was talking to him about it, and he was asking me, are there any characters 
in history that we can compare the fiend to so we can kind of uh, look at him within the right lens. And I told him that realistically, the fiend is far more like a horror movie villain that you love than anything that's been in wrestling. I said, the fiend is like Tony Montana in Scarface. When you watch Scarface, there is, I've never seen anybody that's seen Scarface and wanted the cops to win. I've never seen anyone that's seen Scarface and wanted a different drug gang to win. Everybody that sees Scarface wants to see Tony Montana succeed. This man is a drug dealer. He is a murderer. He steals a man's wife. He's basically Bobby Lashley. Except Bobby Lashley is not a drug dealer or a murderer. However, my point is that even though Tony Montana in Scarface is a villain by uh, any stretch of the imagination. I mean, any definition of the word, Tony Montana is a villain. You still cheer for him. You still want him to succeed. Tony Montana is not a heel. Tony Montana is a babyface. That's the way I feel about Bray Wyatt. When people see the fiend, Bray Wyatt, they want to see him, and they don't want to see him lose. They wanted to see him win at Hell in a Cell. They wanted to see him win at Crown Jewel. Across the world, they want to see the fiend Bray Wyatt win. They are happy to see him with the championship. When you buy a ticket to see the fiend Bray Wyatt, it's not to see him get his ass kicked. It's to see him destroy somebody. That, to me, is not a heel. So the idea that the babyface heel uh, 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 category is so blurry on both Daniel Bryan and The Fiend, I think it makes them perfect opponents for each other. I also think that it's going to make for a decent story when Daniel Bryan loses to The Fiend that Sami Zayn and Shinsuke Nakamura can say that wouldn't have happened if we were by your side. And maybe Daniel Bryan goes over to their side and maybe they turn heel and then maybe Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin uh, and Kofi Kingston join forces and maybe the Daniel Bryan group joint turns face and then the others turn heel. Maybe, that's all I'm saying. Scoops, that's it. Maybe it'll end up being a scoops. That's it. From hack wrestling journalist, the last professional broadcaster, scoops, Sam Roberts. That's it. Uh, and then, of course, you got Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio. Um, Rey Mysterio is a good opponent for Brock Lesnar in the sense that uh, when you got Rey Mysterio, he's an underdog, but he's always got a chance. But he doesn't have a chance. Let's be honest. Paul Heyman asked us, is it going to be either a massacre or a miracle? Definitely going to be a massacre. I don't see how anybody could doubt that. Rey Mysterio, I don't think, has a chance in hell of walking out with the WWE Championship. Logic would dictate. You know, he got beaten up. He and his son got beaten up by Brock Lesnar. And he found the toughest friend that he could find, Cain Velasquez, who's beaten Brock Lesnar in a fight before. And Brock Lesnar beat him in a minute and a half. Less. So now Ray steps up and goes, well, okay, if, if, if you can beat him, but you can't beat me. That's not true. He was your muscle. When somebody beats your muscle, they can definitely beat you. So I think... You know, Brock Lesnar, I think he massacres Rey Mysterio. And I don't think it's going to be pretty. Uh, let's get to the brand warfare matches. We got a triple threat match. Uh, it's the United States champion AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura, Intercontinental champion versus North American champion Roderick Strong. I love the idea that the United States champion and the North American champion are going to be head-to-head. I think when you just look at these titles... AJ Styles is going to be like, I'm the best wrestler in the United States. And then Roderick Strong is going to be able to look at him and go, oh yeah? United States. I'm the best wrestler in North America. You got a country. I got a continent. And then Shinsuke Nakamura is going to come forward and go, oh really, sucker? Because last time I checked, I am the champion between two continents. So really, I get the two continents that I am inter-between. Intercontinental. Meaning between with between the continents, I'm the champion. So that makes me better than both of you. Oh, really, fool? Really, fool? Let's fight. Triple threat match going down. Um, I think this will probably be the best match on the show. Uh, I, I it doesn't matter ultimately who wins this match, not because none of the titles are on the line, but because really it's just going to be a showcase of how good wrestling can be. 
You got Roderick Strong, Shinsuke Nakamura, and AJ Styles. I mean, it's a dream match of all dream matches. All three guys have, have been around the world, have had some of the best matches ever, are three of the best wrestlers in WWE right now. Uh, if I had to pick, I would hope AJ Styles wins, just to remind everybody that, you know, he's phenomenal in the, place that, the face that runs the place. Um, and I think that once Brock Lesnar massacres Rey Mysterio, and he's back on Raw, but he's not there full-time, Raw's going to need a very strong United States champion to hold their brand up. That's going to be AJ Styles. Uh, we go on to the tag title match, which is uh, not the tag title match, the brand supremacy tag team match, which is the Viking Raiders versus the New Day versus the Undisputed Era. Now, I think this is amazing, and you've got reason for all teams to win. The Undisputed Era because Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly getting the opportunity to shine at Survivor Series. If they won this match, they're exposing an, a huge new audience to what they do and getting tons of eyes on them uh, and really making a mark as a dominant tag team. You got the New Day, who people, number one, one of their guys is injured. Number two, people take them for granted. They've won so many times. They've been in this position so many times. The people take them for granted. They need to remind people how good they are. Also, they got a podcast coming out, okay? And the best thing you can do for a podcast is win a tag team match. So... It would be really good for the podcast if they won this tag team match. That's all I'm saying. And then the Viking Raiders, who were just, what a highlight on NXT this week they were, huh? What a tremendous highlight. The Viking Raiders should never lose matches. They should never be pinned. They should always fly through the air, eat people, and stomp on their guts. That's it. That's how I feel about the Viking Raiders. Um, so this is another one that I'm truly looking forward to. Uh, and by the way, can we take a second to just tip our hat? to the Revival and the Undisputed Era. You talk about dream matches. The Revival reminded everybody why when they were in NXT, they went in there with DIY and they won match of the year. That tag team match won NXT match of the year that year. They showed up on NXT television. Watching these guys on NXT TV, I mean, you know, watching specifically the Viking Raiders and specifically the Revival on NXT TV really reminded you how skilled these guys are, really reminded you what these teams are capable of. And I thought it was a really great preview of what's to come at Survivor Series. Uh, if I had my uh, ways about it, I would have uh, the Undisputed Era win this match. I would have either Kyle O'Reilly or Bobby Fish pin Kofi Kingston. I think that uh, the Undisputed Era would gain the most by winning. Uh, I think that as I said, the Viking Raiders should never be beat. And I think that we should still tell this story of Kofi Kingston losing, and eventually Kofi has got to snap. We have never resolved his issues of losing after one minute, one move, 10 seconds. It took Brock Lesnar 10 seconds to beat him. And that issue has never been resolved on television, never. It's never even been talked about. It just came and went. We're not even talking about the fact that he had the best post-WrestleMania season of almost any wrestler ever. He had a tremendous post-WrestleMania season. He had this whole wave of support. He was a, a revolutionary figure. And then he lost in 10 seconds, and we never talked about it. So I think we got to talk about it, and I think the way we start to talk about it is uh, Kofi Kingston loses this match and starts the spiral. Uh, it'll still be the tag team champion. Spiral starts very, very slowly, but that's the beginning. Um, and then you got uh, your two 15-person, five-on-five-on-five elimination triple threat Survivor Series matches. There's eight matches on this show, but two of them are 15-person elimination matches. So these matches could go on a long time. These matches could go on an hour on their own. Did I say three of them or two of them? It's two of them. Uh, the first one, we'll do the women first, I guess. It's Charlotte Flair, Natalia, Asuka, Kaidi Sane, and Sarah Logan representing Team Raw versus Sasha Banks, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, and Nikki Cross representing Team SmackDown versus Team NXT. We know Shayna Baszler won't be on the team, but you'd have to imagine it'll look something like uh, Mia Yim, maybe uh, Bianca Belair, uh, Rhea Ripley, obviously, uh, maybe Candice LeRae, maybe, and, uh, could be Tegan Knox. 
uh, I will say that uh, Raw's star power certainly eclipses SmackDown's star power. Sasha Banks a big star on SmackDown. Carmella, uh, she's just getting back in. I know she's a former uh, Miss Money in the Bank. She's a former women's champion, but she has spent a long time not wrestling. She spent a long time supporting the 24-7 champion. So, And she did win the 24-7 championship, but so did that guy Matt who works in the WWE headquarters. So, um, and then you got Dana Brooke, uh, you know, have I made my feelings known about Dana Brooke? Lacey Evans, who, you know, is good, but new. And, and Nikki Cross, who, again, has not really established herself without Alexa Bliss as of yet. Uh, and who knows who's on Team NXT. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's tough to call, but I, I would think Team Raw would win that. You know, I, I don't I don't want to see Charlotte Flair, Asuka. I don't want to see Charlotte Flair or Asuka get beat. I prefer not to see Kati Sane get beat. I don't want to see Sasha Banks get beat, but she's a bad guy. She could probably take it. So I would I would say give this one to Team Raw. And when you go over to the men's for the 700-person elimination match, you got Team Raw, which is captained by Seth Rollins for some reason. Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, Randy Orton, and Ricochet versus Team SmackDown, Roman Reigns, Mustafa Ali, Braun Strowman, King Corbin, and Shorty G versus Team NXT. Also... TBA, but you would have to assume uh, you're talking about Ciampa, you're talking about Riddle, you're talking about Keith Lee. Um, you know, the Undisputed Era is represented in other matches. So depending if we see Velveteen Dream uh, come back for TakeOver or not, maybe Velveteen Dream, maybe Dijakovic, maybe Finn Balor. I mean, they've been keeping Finn Balor away from being friends with anybody, but could be Finn Balor. Could be Pete Dunne if he doesn't uh, win that triple threat match. Um, for this one, uh, I think, again, Team Raw is by far the strongest team in terms of star power. Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, big stars. King Corbin, a big star. But Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, Randy Orton, all big stars. And Ricochet is a pretty big star on his own. You know, Mustafa Ali coming up. Shorty G, you know, we're still experimenting with. Uh, but I think that the story should be told that I would say Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, and Randy Orton all could just as easily be the team captain of that team. I think that that we need to tell the story that the Raw team does not have faith in Seth Rollins as a leader. He has not been a dominant team captain on Raw on television, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, I, I think, as I've said for a long time, People see through Seth Rollins now. You know, Seth Rollins is simply not clicking. I think he's got to be eliminated from this match first. I think Roman Reigns needs to get that pin. Maybe even Shorty G or somebody can pin Seth Rollins. I think Seth Rollins needs to get eliminated from this match. I think that uh, Team Raw should lose this match. I think that Team SmackDown should win. Uh, I don't think Roman Reigns or Braun Strowman should get pinned. I think you can eliminate the bag. I think you can eliminate Corbin. You can eliminate Ali. You know, I, I get keeping around Shorty G, but probably eliminate him too. And I think Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns should be the final men standing in that match. Um, but I think that on Monday, the Raw locker room should get together and, and cast a vote of no confidence in Seth Rollins and say, you know, who put you in charge of this locker room? Who made you the locker room leader? Because you're not doing anything for us. You're lo you lost the title. Universal Championship went to SmackDown. You lost for us for us first on Team Raw. You're not the locker room leader anymore. Keep tweeting, you know? I wish we saw the Seth Rollins on Twitter on, on WWE TV. Seth Rollins on Twitter is aggressive. He's badass. Seth Rollins on TV, he's not doing anything. Um, but I would I, that's what I'd like to see. Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns standing tall. The good guys win. Team SmackDown. I think that would be the best. Um... And then you could have CM Punk come out and just give Roman Reigns a stare down. That's what I pitched last week. Or not. Whatever you want to do. It's going to be a busy weekend. I'm going to be super, super tired. Survivor Series, TakeOver, SmackDown, Raw, the whole thing. But you know what? The only reason I can watch all this wrestling four days in a row all weekend long is because I have a wife that understands my passion. But I have to understand her passion too. You know what my wife's passion is? 
me, my physicality, my physique, the things that I can do to her. You know what that means? I have to be ready to do those insane things at a moment's notice. Whenever she decides it's time, I need to be ready to go. If I go, oh, not now, honey. I can't really do it right now. I'm not, I'm, I'm exhausted. She'll go, oh, you're not exhausted to watch, too exhausted to watch TakeOver, but you're too exhausted to take over this body. I'll go, no, 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 I'll take over this body. And you know what I do? That's the sound of chewing. That's me chewing on a blue chew. You take this blue chew stuff, you're ready to go. You're good, baby. I don't care. I mean, if you're an older gentleman, you're like a young man again. It's like you're a teenager. You just discovered the things that your body can do. It's incredible. All of a sudden, my wife thinks that I have enough energy to do everything. And I do, thanks to Blue Chew. It's not just about the energy either. It's the confidence. I walk into that bedroom and my wife is like, you really think I'm going to enjoy this? I go, honey, I know you're going to enjoy this. She goes, how do you know? I go, just trust me. But the real reason is, I just ate a Blue Chew. I got that confidence. When was the last time you had that confidence? Maybe never. You want to know how that confidence feels? Blue Chew. That's what you need to do. Blue Chew. Look, it's it, it, it's a blue like the color, okay? They got the It's the first chewable with the same FDA-approved ingredient uh, as uh, uh, Viagra and Cialis. You take them anytime, day or night, full stomach, whatever you want to do, and they're chewable. They work up to twice as fast as a pill. Whenever she needs, whenever he needs, you're good to go. If you could benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. It's prescribed online. It ships straight to your door. It's in discreet packaging. There's no in-person doctor visits. There's no waiting in the pharmacy. There's no awkwardness. It's so easy, and it's made in the USA. Ships direct to you, cheaper than a pharmacy. It's incredible. All you need to do is visit bluechew.com, and you're probably saying, okay, but it's probably going to make me go broke. Satisfying my partner is going to make me go broke. No, it's not. You know why? Because it's on the house. It's free. Let me take care of the first one, okay? First one's on me. Go to bluechew.com, and your first shipment is free when you use promo code Roberts. Put that promo code in, and the lovely folks at Bluetooth will be like, oh, one of Sam's friends? You got it. He is the last professional broadcaster after all. All you have to pay is $5 shipping. That's blu C-H-E-W, bluechew.com, promo code Roberts. Try it for free. is a game changer. Let's get into uh, uh, what your feedback was. This is going to be about Survivor Series and everything probably that took place last week. Uh, Benji over at uh, patreon.com slash notsamwrestling. He writes, hey, the last professional broadcaster, hack wrestling journalist, Scoop Roberts. I know I've already asked, I've already had a question to answer, but I'm curious to know, who you think is the best female promo in WWE today? Best female promo. I think uh, Charlotte is very good as far as female promos go. I think Rhea Ripley is really, really good. But Becky Lynch has probably evolved into the best, right? Becky Lynch is probably the best on her feet. I like her. I like. I like the cut of her jib. I think. I think Becky Lynch is pretty good. Uh, let's go to the emails now. NotSamWrestling at gmail.com. Uh, this one is from C. John. Hey, Sam. Uh, I, like you, am happy to see CM Punk return to wrestling in some capacity. However, I think the criticism of fans saying he sold out is due to the reasoning he gave in why he left WWE in the first place. Has it really changed that much, or is the amount he's being paid really the reason he's back? I believe that's the criticism. Keep up the great work. P.S. When can we get some Katie Linendahl back on the podcast? Whenever I can afford to pay her, I guess. I don't know. She'll be back at some point. She's always traveling the world i just gotta i just gotta catch her by the shoelaces before she floats away again um i don't like if cm punk is back first of all how much money they're not paying him millions and millions and millions of dollars to do wwe backstage but even if they were like he's providing us entertainment i don't care what his motivations are if he's doing it for the money that's fine as long as i find it entertaining and he's entertaining me he's doing that's what the job is i don't care if he's doing it for the money let him do it for whatever he wants. You know, this isn't a charity. Uh, let's go to David, who writes in, I love Undisputed Era, but I feel Adam Cole, baby, has maybe got too big to be in the stable. Would love to see them turn on him since he is clearly a babyface pretending to be a heel. Do you think Roderick Strong could be the new leader if it goes down this way? If not, who do you think could replace Cole as the new leader? Well... I think if Cole turns, the entire Undisputed Era has to turn. I think that the only thing that you could do is 
because Adam Cole is obviously a babyface. I think the only thing that you could really do if you're going to have the Undisputed Era turn on Adam Cole is you would have to have the Undisputed Era join Finn Balor, I think. And then I think you should call them something else, whether it's the Balor Club, whether it's whatever it is. You would almost have to remake the Bullet Club, but make it Finn Balor, Roderick Strong, you know, and and uh, 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 and the guys, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. That's what I think you would have to do. I think you would not call it the Undisputed Era. I think if you broke them up and either put in a new leader or whatever, you, you just start to flirt with like uh, NWO Wolfpack type stuff, and you don't want to do that, right? So I think that I think that that, that that's a key. Is to is to maybe if you're gonna if you were to split them up if you were to turn Adam Cole babyface and have him be on his own, I think the best thing you could do is just turn Undisputed Era all babyface. But if they turn on Cole, I think you pair them with Finn Balor, and you just give them a different name. The Undisputed Era is done. Uh, Barry writes in uh, from uh, uh, NotSamWrestling at Gmail dot com. Hi, Sam. Big fan of the podcast and love it. When you're on kickoff panel, then you're going to love this weekend. Just wanted to mention that I think the King Corbin, Kofi, and Roman stable is a genius idea. I come up with all kinds of ideas like that, but have you considered this? King Corbin, Kofi Kingston, Roman Reigns, all three with very regal-sounding names. Apologies if somebody's already said it. I'm a bit behind on the show's as my daily commute has shortened by a long way. Well, good for you that it's shortened. Um, I had never thought of that. You know, I thought King Corbin and Baron Rain, you could he could give the title of Baron to somebody else, but you're right. Rain and King are in Kofi Kingston and Roman Reigns, so there's something to it. Um let's see. Machiavelli writes in, uh, I don't normally watch two oh five live, but I had it on mute uh until I watched it go off the air, uh, then come back, uh, watch the announcers leave on cam, then they aired Corbin Roman. Then the start of the Fiend Daniel Bryan match. No acknowledge of any of it. I, I don't know any. It said 205 Live and uh, SmackDown Dark matches aired on the network. I hadn't heard about that at all. If it did happen, I guess you were lucky to catch it. Because I did not hear about. That's the first I'm hearing about it. You're the only person that wrote in with that. But if I can make a WWE Network recommendation. WWE used to run uh, TV specials before the pay-per-views. Uh and they did, I think it was like a Survivor Series showdown or something like that. It was, But it was a few days before Survivor Series. So I think it was like the Sunday or the Monday before Survivor Series, uh, they would run a Survivor Series showdown special, which was just all hype for Survivor Series. Uh, and the one from 1992, they, WWE Network just added the one from 92 and the one from 94. But the one from 92 is amazing because the one from 92 is like an hour and 30 minute special. And then they left on all the dark matches that happened in the arena that night. So you get to see it with no commentary. Which it's just a VHS rip. It's like the hard cam footage. It's not shot for TV. It's just dark match stuff. You get to see the Big Boss Man versus Nails. You get to see Jimmy Jam Garvin coming out and doing like a, I think, it looked like an audition to be an announcer because Mean Gene was just talking to him, hyping up Survivor Series. And it was pretty entertaining. You get to see Bret Hart versus the Mountie for the WWE Championship. I think there's one other match, and then it closes with Nails coming out again for a second match, and it's Nails versus the Ultimate Warrior. So all of that is on the 1992 Survivor Series Showdown. I think it's in the Hidden Gems section, but if you also just go to the Just Added section of WWE Network, you can see all that, and it's great. I love that old stuff. Uh, James writes in, Dear Hack Wrestling Journalist, The Last Professional Broadcaster, Primetime Sam Scoops Roberts, a.k.a. Sammy Shitbags, Bram Muffins. Thank you for calling me by my name. Did Woken Matt Hardy create The Fiend through the ultimate deletion of Bray Wyatt? Do you expect that to play into a future storyline? No, James. I do not think so. Because I don't think that they would allow... Anything, I, I think that that would actually lessen the Bray Wyatt storyline. I think that they want to keep The Fiend mysterious, and I don't think that they want another wrestler to get credit for his creation because then it's almost like he's under that superstar, and I don't think they would want to do that with Matt Hardy. Um, let's see. Uh, that's just a plug for something. Uh, 
Okay, this is from uh, Groman Fan. Sam, first time, long time, just listened to Captive Audience show that you dropped today. And man, did you take me back. That was my first live attendance WWE show. I was at the Joe Louis Arena in peak Hulkster rule mode. As an eight-year-old, everybody in attendance and on pay-per-view got worked with Survivor Series 91. Yeah, you really should listen to it. It's a watch-along, but you don't have to be watching along. We get into the history of Survivor Series 91. Tuesday in Texas coming up. We talk about the storylines. We talk about historical context of everything. It really was a fun show. Uh, allow me, if you will, uh, to take you to that event from my perspective. Shock in the Joe as Taker's music hits only an hour into the show. Chill and fear wipe across me as I am still riding the wave of Hulkamania as an impressionable youth. But it's okay. Here comes the Hulkster to a huge pop to defeat the villain. As the match progresses, something is in the air. And in hindsight, I should have seen the L coming. One, two, three. A depression washes over the crowd and me right into intermission. As my dad sees his cool gesture of getting tickets to a pay-per-view sink me into a deep funk, he offers to buy me some nachos during intermission. On the concourse of the Joe, I feel as though time is standing still. What did I just witness? Hulk Hogan never lost, and one of the few times he did, it's the first time I'm watching him live? Almost as soon as the tray of nachos were in my hand, the power of the urn seemingly splashed them onto the floor, and my night was ruined. We returned to our seats for the rest of the show, and the air was completely out of the building. The Rock Whackers match felt like it took over an hour. It felt like that when we were watching it, too. I looked at my dad with the eyes that said, I just want to go home, and begrudgingly said, at least there's the ultimate survivor match. And Jake the Snake, my nickname, my, my nickname's sake, coming up. Cut to the last match. Nope. No Jake the Snake. No Macho Man. No ultimate survivor match. All to be completely undone by this Tuesday in Texas, six days later, which we didn't have the money to order. What happened to Wednesday pre-Turkey Day in the D? This was my first of many times being worked by WWE and the first and last time my dad took me to a show. I remain a fan till this day, but much more cynical than my bright-eyed eight-year-old self. I now see it as a badge of honor that I got to witness that moment in person. I love it. I love it. He asks this. I'm a dad of two boys, four and a half and three. My wife wants nothing to do with them consuming the product, but I can't wait to bring them into the universe. How old will your little Samsonites be before you bring them into the fold? I'll tell you this. I have a picture. I already have pictures of my son when he was less than a year old with the WWE Championship, with Shinsuke Nakamura, with Natalia, and with Pete Gass, and with Finn Balor. All have, I've, he's gotten baby pictures with all of them. Um, I felt so proud because a week ago, this is the type of stuff I do in my free time. A week ago, I was on YouTube. I was sitting with my son. He's two and a half. He'll be three in February. And we watched uh, Countdown to SummerSlam 92. SummerSlam Showdown, whatever they called it, on YouTube. And he sat and he watched it with me for eight full minutes. And that's a big deal for somebody who's not even three years old yet. So I'm, I've already got him on board. I'm already there with him. Uh, let's see. Any other emails that I want to get to? Uh, hi, Sam. There is no denying the toughness. This is from Richard. Uh, and badassery that both Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler present. Do you see a future WrestleMania where these two would main event an MMA showdown? If so, who do you think would win? Rousey versus Baszler. Um, do you think that match has more of an appeal than the MMA Four Horsewomen versus the WWE Four Horsewomen? I think it depends on the story with all of that. Did we talk about the Women's Championship for Survivor Series? Shayna Baszler versus Becky Lynch versus Bayley? I feel like we didn't. I feel like I was saving it towards the end and then skipped over it. I'm glad that you brought that up, though, because um, as far as that match goes, I think it's a great showcase for Shayna Baszler. I think it's perfect timing for everybody involved. Uh, I think Bayley could really use that victory to really kind of uh, let us know that the heel turn was a good move for her. Uh, but people have been rumoring that Ronda Rousey's going to come back. I think it would also be a good opportunity for Ronda Rousey to interfere, cost Becky Lynch, and have Shayna Baszler win uh, because, number one, it would uh, you know let everybody know, hey, that's my buddy Shayna Baszler, add some credibility to Shayna. But number two, I think if Ronda Rousey does come back, we have to address the fact that her shoulders were not down at WrestleMania. And I think she should go right after Becky Lynch if she comes back. So that's a big if, though. That's a big if. I don't know that Ronda will be there. I wouldn't put money on it. 
If no Ronda, I say Becky wins. If Ronda, I say, I mean Bailey wins. If if Ronda, I say uh, Shayna wins. And finally, from David, from one NXT guy to another, this is the black and yellow first time on a pay per view with Raw and SmackDown, and I don't think I'm being biased when I say that was probably the best go home episode of wrestling WWE has produced in a long time. Yes, however, technically the go home show is SmackDown. It could get better. It could all be ruined. We'll only find out when we watch SmackDown. Make sure you're tuned into the pay-per-views this weekend on the WWE Network. I'll be on uh, uh, the kickoff shows, I think, for both of them. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Enjoy. Stay up to date. If you want to send us emails, email notsamwrestling at gmail.com. You can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash notsamwrestling. And please subscribe to the new YouTube channel, youtube.com slash notsamwrestling. That's youtube.com slash notsamwrestling. Just click that subscribe button. It's a big, big help. We'll see you on Monday with a fresh new episode of Not Sam Wrestling. Thanks for listening. Follow at Not Sam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Rate, review, and subscribe. This has been Not Sam Wrestling. At American Public University, we believe higher education is not one size fits all. That's why we offer 200 modern programs that build on your knowledge and fit your schedule. Because we believe universities should adapt to the needs of students, not the other way around. American Public University, within reach, without limits. Online classes start every month. Learn more at AmericanPublicU.com.